0: A very warm welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. Yes, it's been two weeks again, but what a busy and hectic two weeks. Also, last time I promised that it would be a Singapore Airlines A380 Premium Economy Review that is still on the way. However, I've recently attended my first ever aviation conference, the 151st IATA Slot Conference held in Melbourne, my home. Uh, And honestly, I thought this would just be a perfect podcast to release right after the event, as there's a lot to talk about, a lot of aviation goodness that I'm sure you all will enjoy. A reminder that you can listen to this podcast on any social media platform, or should I say streaming platform, so that could be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and much more. Allergies are kicking me in the butt right now, so apologies if my voice sounds a little bit weird or there may be any pause in the live recording for me to, yes, most likely sneeze, but unfortunately that is the reality of living in one of the worst places in the world for hay fever being Melbourne. Appreciate lots of new reviews over on Spotify. Also, had, uh, also pardon me, had one come through on Apple Podcasts, more of a negative review, just sort of saying that I've been complaining a lot of lately, and a lot of it was also unwarranted from videos to podcasts. Just thought I would say, and a bit of a response to that, uh, whether it may be apparent or not, I do not create news So I therefore, when covering a certain topic, have not decided that this is going to happen, whether it be an airline grounding an aircraft or an airline struggling. My job is to report that, and if in a case of a plane being grounded, I will say that. And if an airline is having difficulties, i.e. Qantas, or from a public perception, Lufthansa are struggling most definitely with a lot of negative attention surrounding their current product, then I will cover that. That's not me fabricating it, that's me discussing what is currently on hand. As for the podcasts, and apparently my rant in the last episode, if you didn't have the chance to see it, where I was nearly denied boarding regarding my peanut allergy, uh, I do think that's pretty warranted. I'm a paying customer, and to nearly not be allowed on board for an allergy that had already been made uh, priorly known about, and also uh, a comment was related to, I only told one uh, cabin crew agent Well, unfortunately, Newsflash, everything that is said in the podcast is not everything that actually takes place. Otherwise, well, it would be a 17-hour or 19-hour, probably even 23-hour podcast, and I would have just brought you along then live. Uh, multiple multiple people pardon me. Knew from gate agents to me once again, reiterating my allergy and explaining it to the cabin crew. And all of this still did happen. So a loss in communication wasn't entirely possible because many people knew. So while I definitely appreciate the review, however negative, and um, pulling up some of the recent, I guess you could say, complaints from me. Uh, when you're a paying customer, I think that you're entitled to have an opinion and. It can be fair if it is related to your experience. Had everything gone smooth sailing, well then, there wouldn't be a need to be sat here and saying, oh, I nearly wasn't allowed on the plane, I had to say many, uh, many documents and such for something that shouldn't have been happening, and as you saw from the rest of the review on that plane, wasn't actually needed uh, if they had just, I guess, had better communication between themselves regarding what was on board. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily not understanding my allergy. I think it was just a bit of negligence in terms of dealing with that and taking more the easy way out to cover themselves in a situation that could be bad, which I get, but as a major airline, that is not meant to be serving peanuts as snacks and no doubt has a lot of people flying with a nut allergy. You can't just say to them, you're not allowed aboard." board. That should then be made prior known to me before even paying for the ticket that as someone with a peanut allergy, uh, don't book with this airline. Now, I already don't book with many different airlines, um, because of that, especially ones, say, in the in Asian region. So Singapore Airlines, for me, is about as far as I would go in that sense because I trust them or had heard a lot of good things about them. Uh, so, yeah, apologies if not been enjoying the videos or podcasts, but in terms of them being negative or rants, uh, I don't create the news, and regarding rants, this is my podcast. So if something goes bad, I'm going to tell you. And if that's a problem, then I do apologize for that. Now, with all that being said, and addressing uh, more apparently my rants and negative topics, we're moving actually on to a pretty exciting podcast. Uh, I attended the 151st IATA Slot Conference. This is my very first aviation conference. Now, I've had the pleasure this year of being at a couple of events, uh, which were also all my firsts. 2022, I would say, has been the year of firsts, attending my first event. Uh, conducting my first ever interview with an aviation professional, attending my first conference. It's also just been a year where, I guess you could say, I've overcome a lot of things that probably were scary to me. Uh, Obviously, interviewing an an executive is very scary for me in its own right. I mean, having to come up with the questions, especially doing it face-to-face, and not uh, crapping yourself from being incredibly nervous is something that I struggled with. Um, Also, just attending my own event, Sorry, not my own event. Attending an event on the other side of the world, uh, not knowing anyone, is also something that is pretty scary and having to learn to interact. That's easy for some people, but for someone like me, that is definitely very tough. So, it's been an exhausting year and to round out 2022, uh, like I said, I had the pleasure of attending this IATA slot conference. It's been in the works for a couple of months, thanks to the lovely people over at IATA who helped um, facilitate my... Entry into the conference. Uh, A massive thank you to Cassandra if she is, or Cassie if she's listening to this, and the entire team at IATA who were incredibly welcoming as hosts, um, answered all questions, and really put on a fantastically organized event. So, for those that are not too familiar with what an IATA slot conference is, it happens two times a year. Well, in a year where there isn't a pandemic, and it's constantly moving venues. So, the next IATA slot conference will be in Dublin. For instance, in 2019, it was in Brisbane, uh, and then there was a most recent one in Seattle. So, as you can see, it is always moving Uh, The purpose of it is to bring delegates from airlines and airports right around the world all into the one location where they can discuss slot matters for a couple of days. Uh, It's quite a, uh, how would one put it, quite a hectic couple of days where you have people coming left, right, and center looking to get slots, obtain them, um, looking to cancel slots, looking to discuss potential opportunities, discussing airport and airline growth, discussing recovery. Um, And like I said, the purpose is it brings these delegates into the one location, rather than all of these pretty crucial meetings being done uh, through Zoom, which can take months. The hope is that through the meetings across these four days, work for the next year can be set up, which you could definitely understand. Um, But while, of course, there are calls that maybe it could be done online, which you can definitely understand. I mean, bringing everyone to the one place is quite consuming and obviously bad for the environment. On my part, I just caught a 30-minute train, but a lot of these delegates came from Switzerland, London, Singapore, New Zealand, America. So, I was one of the few that was actually located in Melbourne at the time of the conference, alongside Melbourne Airport, who were the host airport. So, permission for me, I was allowed to enter on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, although I only chose to attend three of those days. I'll get into why I didn't attend Friday a little bit later. Uh, there were a lot of head delegate meetings on the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, which is why, obviously, I was not allowed to enter those. Um, I was restricted, in a certain sense, in what I could go and listen to. A lot of the day was filled with presentations and then sort of nothing. Um, it's not necessarily a conference to where a lot of journalists will show up, so uh, I was one of the few actually covering the event. For the most part, like I said, it's airline and airport delegates. Uh, Monday morning, I did have to register, so got my own badge that said my name and then DJ's Aviation, which was pretty cool. Honestly, I'm a big fan of badges like that. If if you're someone else that can relate, do let me know. But it is always very fun to see your name, and if you have a brand or something representing that, those lanyards I definitely cherish. So I chose to go in on the. Pardon me, allergies are absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm so sick of it. I'm leaving in a couple of days, Australia, but absolutely over the sniffles and then taking a hay fever medication. It doesn't do anything, so just bear with me on my voice. Maybe I sound a bit clogged or my nose is a bit runny. Uh, The unfortunate reality, but the podcast has to get done because, like I said, I'm leaving in, like, 48 hours. So it does need to be done now uh, to ensure you get something this weekend at the very least. So, yeah, attended on the Monday just to purely sign up. Uh, It wasn't a thing to go and see anything, but I figured I would register the Monday morning, so then I could have a very seamless entry on the Tuesday. Uh, So, that was a very simple process. In fact, it probably took, like, borderline one minute, so it actually took quicker than I was imagining to register. Uh, As part of these conferences, you also need to... Register a charger and device. So, naturally, if you're bringing your laptop or you're bringing your iPad, there is a very, very high probability that you'll need to charge it during the event. Now, this is probably more directed for people in meetings who are going to be consistently using their laptops to discuss slots, assign things, look at their spreadsheets and just generally have meetings. For someone like me, it was to cover the event, so I brought along my iPad, and that meant I had to bring the charging unit that I was going to be using if I needed to use it, which I didn't, but you need to get it tagged and tested. The purpose behind this, well, naturally, you don't want a cord running a short circuit and, and ruining the entire conference during a critical meeting or a critical presentation, so these... Test and trace areas are meant to just determine that the charger's in working order. You will get labelled, uh, pardon me, you will get the charger labelled, the brick more so, and then uh, you'll be good to go for entering the event. Although, like I said, in the end, I didn't need to use the charger. Uh, I still did it, just in case. If anything, I probably needed to charge my iPhone, because the iPhone battery is terrible. As anyone knows, once your phone gets to about two years old, the battery starts going, boo, right down. Uh, So, my iPad one wasn't too bad. Uh, but that was okay. Fast forward to Tuesday. Tuesday was a bit of a, a rough day. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to stay the entire day for some personal reasons. Also, on top of that, um, again, probably something that has now damaged me for good, and I'm in pain right now, is uh, the shoes I was wearing. Naturally, you have to dress smart casual. And if you know anything about me, well, I sit in my bedroom pretty much every day in pajamas. So. Dressing in smart, casual, and business attire is not something I like to do. That means shoes I had from a year ago only cost about $30 from uh, Target. And uh, while $30 is a lot of money for good business shoes and dress shoes, it's not. And uh, let's just say right now I have scabs and blisters on the back of my heels the size of a golf ball. I I was in excruciating pain and... By the time I had to leave the conference, I couldn't actually walk, let alone stand up. So that was not pleasant uh, at all in the slightest. And if anyone has been through the pain of having blisters on their uh, feet or heels, pardon me, from shoes, you're going to understand exactly the pain I'm talking about as it just continues to rub up against your heel. Uh, I'm sorry if anyone's cringed at me saying that because it is one of those things where if you know the pain, you'll probably be squinting your eyes thinking, ouch, uh, and actually, while I was getting out of bed, the idiot that I am somehow pushed my middle toe, my big toe, pardon me, right against one of the the healing wounds. And let's just say I was in pain for five minutes, excruciating. Still hurts to walk in some instances, and definitely hurts to wash them, but we move on. So, following having to leave that conference a little bit early, uh, well, I should mention on, on the first day, I was able to get given a bit of a tour, so I'll go over what is at the conference, you have many, many meeting rooms, which are not really ones I will be going into. They're more, again, for the head delegates. Head delegates are just another word for your executives at airports and airlines, basically. But in this in this environment, they're called head delegates. So these meeting rooms were very much just purely for them. Uh, I was able to see the exhibition floor. So the exhibition floor is very similar to if you've been anywhere, like a Comic Con, uh, you'll see white booths. And that is referencing, once again, the exhibitors. The exhibitors are mostly aviation companies slash airports. So we had a couple of ones. I'll run off, say, Munich Airport, Christchurch, Melbourne Airport, London Heathrow, London Gatwick, Manchester Airport. Uh, What are some other ones we had? Dusseldorf, Oman Airports. We then had various charter services, um, aviation technologies, there was, there was quite a lot on offer, and you had the opportunity to go and speak to these people as a head delegate. I wasn't too sure whether I was allowed to go and speak to them as a visitor covering the event, so that was something I had clarified for me the Tuesday night that I would be allowed. I was also able to see the huge, and I want to reiterate, huge banquet hall that featured all the tables where the delegates would meet to discuss slots, and something that is very interesting is during these conferences... An airline and airport only get 10 minutes, and this is a timed 10 minutes, to discuss whatever they want to with slots. It is essentially speed dating, but in the aviation industry. You sit down at the table, 10 minutes begins, after 10 minutes you have to leave. And um, that's to keep the flow going, because when I say there was a lot of tables, I mean it. There's probably hundreds, hundreds of tables in that room. All the same size, all with a white table cloth on top of it. It looked very, very weird. Uh, And then you had a massive screen just on the side wall that had the time countdown and you could see it was dropping down. So this is where those airlines will go in to discuss uh, with the airports any slot concerns they may have or the potential, once again, to acquire slots. Slots being the ability to fly in and out of a airport. So let's just say Qantas wanted to acquire a new slot into San Francisco uh, they would go and speak to San Francisco if they if they wanted to at this slot conference. That's kind of the gist of what was going on. Pretty cool to say the least. Um I did not know that this is the process of it, so it was great to learn a little bit more about the conference and on my upcoming website you will definitely have the opportunity to hear some insights from various people at IATA and much more. So like I said, that was a wrap of Tuesdays. I had to leave early. Um, I did have to also have to buy some new shoes. Uh, naturally, I wasn't going to be able to wear runners, so I had to go get some more more smart, casual dress shoes, which was frustrating, but at the end of the day, I'd rather not have my heels be absolutely destroyed. And, spoiler, those shoes ended up being a lot more comfortable and, surprisingly, um, did not actually hurt those heels that were massively destroyed. So, I will definitely take that. As for day... Th- Two, but technically, God, it was like day four of the conference overall. But my day two, there was many, many different uh, press conferences on, or should I say, presentations. I also had prepared some questions to ask a couple of airports, and I'm very, very excited to inform you here on this podcast that there are some exclusive interviews coming out on the website and podcast that I'm very, very excited about. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak to Christchurch Airport, Melbourne Airport. Uh, I had the opportunity also to speak to an Australian inductee of Hall of Fame for the aviation scene. And someone that was responsible for basically drawing up the guidelines for slots worldwide. He's had about 60 years of industry experience and done so much. And I had the very lovely pleasure of sitting down with um, Ernest, is his name, for about 35 minutes. And honestly, it could have been two hours. He has stories to tell for uh, forever. So that was definitely a pleasure. On top of that, I was able to speak to the head of airport, uh, worldwide airport slots at IATA. So that was a lovely pleasure as well. Um, On top of that, I will be speaking to someone at Adelaide Airport very soon um, as well. And yeah, attended many different conferences. The conferences really gave us a great idea. On the current state of the industry, from global recovery to forecast outlook to some of the challenges experienced. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from all of these conferences that had very different um, airlines and and airports is that manpower is a massive, massive issue. Uh, Obviously, we know there's a labor crisis, not just in the aviation industry, but in many different other positions, uh, sorry, sectors, should I say. But the aviation industry has been bleeding massively. And unfortunately, band-aids that we're putting on are not stopping that bleeding. As an example, one of the best uh, examples, I guess you could say, I-, I was able to see was that of Auckland Airport, who were going through a massive labour crisis. A very, very interesting figure they were able to inform me of is that 3.3% of the um, New Zealand population are unemployed. So, for better words, 3.3% is not very uh, high. That's actually quite low. And therefore, they don't really have many other people to employ. Um, In fact, that's quite now limited. The remaining people that are unemployed, as stated by Auckland Airport, are not in the position to be employed once again. So, therefore, you can probably understand... The struggles that they're facing when they need more employees, but the reality is they can't really find these employees. Also, the aviation industry is very safety critical. Um, these are not roles that can be taught overnight, for the most part, so they're quite large commitments, and you need to find these people and source down uh, experienced workers. When we get into engineers and more pilots, cabin crew, that's that's where there's even more uh, general concerns, because... These are roles where you need education and such. Therefore, it takes even longer than, say, a couple of months. And with uh, a very, very large amount of those employees being laid off in recent times due to the pandemic, it's very concerning to see the current result. And that was reiterated at many airlines like Thai Airways during one of their panels. I did write up all the uh, conferences, so I was busy note taking. There's thousands of words of notes, which some very very interesting points, and um, I'm excited to release these in um, upcoming upcoming articles on my brand new website. Uh, there was about three conferences on each day, so a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Learned a lot about also new technology for airports uh, regarding real time tracking of. Um, Real-time tracking of apron and terminal congestion, so uh, another thing that um, I wasn't necessarily totally aware of when it came to uh, giving slots and determining how to build an airport for the future is through live data, where they're able to track every single person in that airport, understand where the bottlenecks are, and project in two years' time just how busy one check-in desk will be to determine whether they need another or to determine if they need to move the check-in desks to create a better traffic flow and remove, say, a bottleneck on a specific security. It's a very, very interesting process. I'm really excited to do a write-up of this. And um, on top of that, maybe I will look at doing something as a podcast, really diving into slots and the process for handing them out. Because this was a slot conference. This podcast episode is my experience. But there was so much valuable information that I would love to sort of share with you um, because the chances are a lot of what they said is more related to airlines and airports, so something you may not have had the opportunity to hear about. So, like I said, the majority of the days were just taken up with conferences. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, Aside from that, definitely, though, most of the time was me working up the courage to go up to these booths and um, have the chance to speak to some executives. The final day, there was a conference related to Melbourne Airport, something I was very, very excited to attend. I am a Melbournian myself, if you will. So, the opportunity to learn more about the future outlook from development to the airport to the airport rail link was intriguing. Unfortunately, and this is why I didn't attend Friday, so for those that wanted that explanation, most of the delegates had left by Thursday afternoon, so they had Essentially, completed all the work that they needed to do, completed all the meetings and much more, and had left the conference. So, their last conference of the day was that of Melbourne Airport, and um, I was the only one in attendance for this conference. So, the team came up to me and said, um, Look, we're not going to be running the conference, but we would love to have our chief of aviation sit down with you for however long you want. He can talk about the press conference. You can ask him any questions. And that was good because the day prior, I'd actually gone up to the booth and said, hey, would there be any uh, opportunity to put forward a couple of questions? So ov- over comes Jim, who is the chief of aviation at Melbourne. Um, he looks me up and down. And then he says, I know you. I watch your videos. I follow you on Twitter. And then, and then he started telling everyone. He's like, this is... And it's like, oh my God, I follow... Like ev- every single executive at the at Melbourne Airport, was like, I know you, I know you, I watch your stuff. Um, It's so good to speak to you. I would love to speak to you. And that was a bit surreal to me. Um, Again, I don't make myself, you know, I don't make myself known on social media like that. I think I have my profile picture on Twitter is sometimes my face, or I'll post a selfie once every six months if I'm at an event, but I do not make myself known. That's just my personal preference. I don't want to do that. I just rather talk about aviation. I don't really want to have myself associated with it as much, although this podcast is probably the best association you'll get with me and the brand. Um, Otherwise, it's just how I always say. You can get anyone to do the audio. It's the same thing. It's not really about me as if I was doing a vlogging channel or maybe if I was a trip reporter, which is why there's probably not a lot of connection. Um, I try to, but there's probably not a strong connection between me and my audience because of that. Uh, It's not a really personal channel. Do you know what I mean? It's just news, News. There's no opinions in the videos. It's just news. But yeah, it was really, really awesome to see that they knew me all. And he said to me, look, I'm not going to be running the press conference. There's no one here, but why don't I take you over to our booth? I will give you the conference and then you can ask me any questions. So fast forward 30 minutes later, having spoke with someone at the chief of head of development at Melbourne airport and holding, discussing all with the airlines, um, it was a great interview. We le- I learned a lot. I was able to put forward six questions and he was just really nice. And everyone in that booth was very, very supportive, very like kind and caring. And that was definitely something I noticed. Um, the Australian airports were just top tier in terms of being very open, being very kind. Uh, and yeah, they didn't need to give me any of their time. I'm not a-, a delegate of an airline. I was just someone covering the event. So for them to be... So kind and caring, and giving me 35 minutes of their busy time was very, very nice of them, to say the least. And I'm really excited to release these pieces to you. I think they're going to be very, very intriguing, to say the least. Other than that, um, that was pretty much a wrap on the conference. Uh, Like I said, there were many different, uh, when I say conference, I should say like event, because then there were conferences inside the event. There were many different conferences. Like I mentioned, we had. Uh, panels with Qantas, ANA, Japan Airlines, and Thai Airways. There were panels with Air New Zealand, Auckland Airport. There were panels with brand new aviation uh, slot technologies. Again, I wrote up all of these. So uh, as as my website is completed, which it is in the final stages of right now, and I roll out articles on there talking about this conference and, of course, the write-ups of the interviews, I will probably likely do them in podcast form as well. So, as an example, the Melbourne Airport interview will go out as a podcast. Uh, While I was not able to record, and it probably wouldn't have been right to begin with, one of the uh, presentations, um, I did write up all the notes, so I will, I guess, turn that into a podcast, giving you a a bit of a rundown on some of the airlines and what they've been saying, Uh, but yeah. Thanks very much for listening. I appreciate the support. Uh, Apologies for the two-week gap. I am traveling in 48 hours back over to Canada. So I will put this out here now. I'm not too sure whether I'll get an an episode up next week. Unless, and this is a massive unless, um, I'm very busy today with work. In fact, I've got to be scheduling content for the next week. So if I can find 25 to 35 minutes today, I will record another episode of the podcast. No promises. Apologies, that's my dog barking. I will record another episode of the podcast and just save it for next weekend. Um, yeah, that way it will probably work out a little bit better and then you can get it two weeks in a row. But look, that's just a massive if. Uh, first priority is to get the videos done for the channels across... Uh, well, not one. Pardon me, it's only one channel. Get videos done for a channel across a weeklong period of traveling and if there's any time left over. Uh, also, I've packed nada, so nothing has been packed at all. Uh, and I'm leaving in 48 hours, so look, if I can find 25 to 35 minutes, I will, and I will try and be back live in our server to record that Singapore A380 experience. Other than that, a big thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the slot conference, the ins and outs, just what goes on at these kind of events, because um, if you were like me prior to attending uh, I had no idea what took place, so it was fantastic to be able to see the ins and outs, see some meetings taking place, and generally see how airports and airlines communicates, uh, communicate, pardon me, at an event with over 1,000 people, and especially an event where you can't just buy a ticket to go to, you need to speak if you want to attend, and you're basically it's only for these airport and airline delegates, and if you want to attend, well, you need to make a serious case as a reason why. Thankfully, I was able to get in because of my branding, but if I didn't have this, I wouldn't be allowed in, if you know what I mean. So, um, it was definitely a privilege and an honour to be able to experience that. Probably the only time I'll ever attend it, because it is in my hometown, and I'm not going to travel to the other side of the world for it. Uh, That would be a lot of money. But yeah, a pleasure, and obviously a pleasure to be able to tell you about the conference in depth. Stay tuned, there will be many more episodes. Honestly, I have so many podcast ideas, but being completely honest with you, the number one problem is time right now. As you know, I've just spent the, the past week at the conference. Those were like 16-hour, 17-hour days. By the time I woke up and started work, went out and covered the event, got home and did more work, um, yeah, that was 16, 17-hour days. So really finding the time to record all these episodes. Is, uh, is proving more of a challenge, and I'm hoping that may I may have some time freed up in the future. But to give you an idea on some of the podcasts that are upcoming, we obviously have the Singapore Airlines A380 Premium Economy, an interview with the Chief of Aviation at Melbourne Airport. Um, I want to explore stopover versus direct flights versus non-stop, just my opinions and experiences flying ultra-long haul or flying with a stopover. So the pros and cons to give you... ...a balanced, I guess, idea of what's best, and um, you can understand the cons to a 20-hour flight, but you can also understand the positives um, and such. On top of that, I'm going to be doing a very in-depth podcast, which will be the best airline to fly Trans-Pacific. If you didn't know, in 48 hours, which I think I've mentioned, but I'm flying with United Airlines Trans-Pacific, this will mean, after concluding that flight, I will have flown Virgin Australia, Qantas... Delta, American Airlines, Air Canada, and now United Airlines, Trans-Pacific, so from Australia to North America. I will have flown every airline available, and in recent times, because of course Virgin Australia don't do it anymore, that has been available, and all of, bar via, uh, I nearly said V Australia, bar the Virgin Australia, a lot of those have actually been in the past two years, even past year, so I want to do a bit of a, a rundown on which airline was my favorite, which airline had best value for money and such. I think it will, I think it will give you guys a great idea if you're ever going to be traveling from North America to Australia or back about which airline may be best. So I've not flown United long haul. The longest United flight I've had is one hour from Montreal to New York. And it was honestly really good. Um, I've heard good and bad things about United, but at the same time, it's just really what your experience matters. It's why I don't really pay attention to reviews of airlines um, because it's my experience. And if you've been able to tell anything from this podcast and me as a person, um, you have to understand that everyone has different circumstances. Some person, some people that might be traveling may um, have a disability and may need extra assistance. Therefore, while... Uh, exhibit, let's just say British Airways, maybe the best airline in the world, their handling of someone that may be disabled may not be as good. Um, moving from that, we may have someone that uh, may have a hearing impairment, or may have a severe allergy, or may be afraid of flying. I don't know, there's a host of different things, all of course with a varying degree of severity, but the principle is is if, if you're in any category where you may need a little bit of extra assistance, or there may be a concern... Reviews, in my opinion, kind of go out the window because it doesn't. Yeah, so that's why I guess when I do my reviews, they're a little bit more unique over, say, someone else's that is just like, "Look, I boarded the plane, it was awesome, I ate everything on the on the plane." Whereas if you listen to me, it's like had to wipe down the seat, had to tell everyone I had a severe peanut allergy, had to eat fruit, uh, a fruit platter all flight. Um, look, see, you can understand how it's a little bit different, but that's just because of uh, how a person may be. So, the one-hour flight I had on United was very, very good, and they took very good care of me with my allergy. In fact, probably went above and beyond to take care of me, even though it was one hour. So, while my experience long-haul may be different, I was impressed, and I hadn't flown United long-haul. So, I thought to myself, look, I'll, uh, I'll give them a chance, and we'll see how it goes. I will already say off the bat that they don't have as large of a baggage allowance as some other airlines, and for the price point, it's a little bit of a negative. Um, That's going to give you an idea of what to expect when I have the full review, but uh, obviously, I'm going to give them a go and see what happens. So, if you'd like to follow along this journey real time, so be able to see every single update, uh, stop what you're doing now and head over to Twitter if you haven't already, or Twitter may actually be dead by the time this goes out. I have no idea. But if it's still around, I'm going to be covering the flights live over there. So you'll see live pictures, live reviews, live live aircraft feeds, and, and a bunch of stuff. That's like my home in terms of publishing and discussing stuff. I, I really enjoy that platform. I also enjoy the community over there. So that's going to be the perfect place to keep up to date um, with seat reviews and such. That's going to be it for the podcast though today. I uh, appreciate I feel like I always say this and then go on tangents, but I feel like that's also a podcast. That's going to be it for today, though. Thank you very much. Um, I've got a busy day, got a lot of work to do, and I have not packed anything, so that also needs to be at the top of my priority list. Uh, Appreciate the time you have taken. If you have any questions about the iArtist Lot conference um, or anything you want to say, you can either ping me in our community Discord server in the general chat, If you have any questions, and to the the few people that are listening live, you can also do the same thing. Otherwise, you can email me at uh, contactdjsaviation at gmail.com. That's going to be it for this episode. I'm off to take a hay fever tablet and blow my nose because I am um, basically in very dire need of a tissue. (laughs) So, thank you for uh, listening, pardon me, and I will indeed hopefully see you next weekend or at another point for the Singapore A380 review.